So welcome to Fintech Insider Interviews. I'm Simon Taylor from 11FS, and today I'm uh, delighted to speak with Eric Wilson, the CEO of Zinja. Is that how I say it, Eric? That's exactly how you say it, just like Ninja. Ah, I'm proud of myself. Eric, thank you for that. I feel so validated right now. And you're building Australia's uh, first 100% digital bank. Thanks for joining us. Not at all. Thank you for having me. Pleasure to be here. So uh, get me. Let's, let's jump right in. Uh, introduce me to the business. How come you're the first 100% digital bank? What problem are you solving uh, in the market? Well, in many ways, it's uh, it's a continuation of the of the global wave of, of neo banks and uh, and deregulation that we've seen around the world. Now, Australia is a good, solid, conservative country, so we've we've taken a little bit of, bit more time to uh, unwind our regulation a little bit to allow neo banks and new new competitors into the market. Until now, it had been uh, basically fifty million Australian uh, dollars before you could even go and talk to the regulator about maybe becoming a bank. So that re- requirement's now been removed. It's become a lot easier to become a bank uh, in terms of your capital requirements. So it's very exciting times. Things are starting to move here, and the legislation's passing probably uh, this spring. So so your autumn. Um, so we're really just starting to get to a point now, and we're seeing a real. Um, you know, a new garden growing of these new fintechs, and and we're the first uh, the first neo bank out of out of the gates. First bank out of the gates. So I'm guessing you're not going to be the only one. How do you see um, that kind of market evolving? Do you think that uh, you're going to see what you saw the same in other countries? Because every market's a little bit different. And I guess Australia, again, similar to the UK and a lot of European countries, you've been dominated by some very large banks controlling the majority of the market. Do you think that you'll see see a wave of this now? And I guess that's what you're looking to. To, to capitalize on and do you think um customers needs um need to be uh what, what specific customer needs do you think need to be met yeah, yeah look it's such a such a good question i think uh you know in many ways australian uh, consumers and banking consumers are are crying out for the things that that are that our brethren around the world are you know we we are dominated by four massive banks who have been um uh, facing a number of scandals over the uh, over the last five or six years um, you know, to the point where they've been called out for breaking the law on a number of occasions. But these bigs are these banks are so big and there's so little competition that that consumers are really not given a great deal of choice. They either take one of these banks or, or, or that's it. So the problem we're solving, I think, is very similar to many neo banks. We're focused on understanding what it is they want from their banks, finding better ways to deliver it cheaper, faster, you know, with real genuine customer care and and dare I say it, a bit of ethics and honesty. So it's really important for for us. Dare you say it? I do dare. What a, what a crazy idea! A bit of ethics and honesty. Um, but I, I guess there's uh, something to be said for the fact that a, a big bank has been around for a while. People know these brands. Surely there's got to be a lot of consumer apathy or just trust in their old brands. Uh, who are you who are you targeting at? Like who is your customer? Yeah. So look, we we're targeting um, people who are basically very comfortable using their mobile phones to run their lives off of. Um, in terms of uh, the demographics of the people who are pre-registering for, for us, we, our first product goes live at the beginning of the new year. We're seeing uh, sort of demographics of sort of 26 to, to 45, um, often professionals, often people in technology and digital and oddly enough banking. We get lots and lots of uh, our competitors, uh, employees signing up. Um, so we're seeing that sort of <laughs> that, that movement and it's, and it's very exciting. We, there is a massive uh, untapped stream of, of discontent in uh, in Australia, we did a little um, 
uh, it was like a 90 second slot on uh, on one of the, the free to air television news uh, news channels here and we had 900 people sign up in 90 minutes after it you know just massive reactions to the to the sorts of uh, messages we're sending out and, and we're really happy about that it it's obviously gives us a huge responsibility to try and meet those expectations um but i think australian consumers are screaming out for a bit of change just knowing that there is an alternative as well, I guess, is a is a huge uh, gap for people uh, to, to kind of understand. So uh, it was funny at the last FinTech Insider After Dark we did, uh, we asked people to stick their hands in the air if they had a Challenger Banks uh, card. And pretty much um, 60, 70% of the audience were from banks and 60, 70% of the audience were holding up <laughs> some sort of Challenger Banks card. So maybe it will become uh, a thing that starts from people inside the bank. But um, I want to ask about the name. Where did you come up with that name? That's pretty unique. Is that part of getting people's attention uh, or is it just something that uh, you thought was fun? Look, it's such a fun name. So um, the first thing you, you have to understand uh, with trying to name anything, so a bank, is that pretty much every real word in the entire planet is taken and, and the domain names are taken and you know someone somewhere has, has that name. Um, so we wanted to start off with, uh, with, with Kite, actually, was our very first sort of conceptual name. Um, and then realized that there were about a billion people using using the title Kite. So we came up with a, a bunch of words that we made up um, and we tested them with our customers like we do everything. So our customers build our bank. They, they choose what, what we use. Um, and so we had a list of names. Um, Zinger was, was second on the list. The first on the list we found out was owned by a dentist in North Sydney who very kindly offered to sell it to us for 45 grand. So we kindly refused that. Um, and Zinger was second on the list. I love it because it sounds like Ninja. It's uh, It sort of has a slightly Asian feel to it, which is lovely. Um, and obviously, um, Australia is right in the heart of the Asian region. Um, so we, we love it. We've got Zinja and our sort of little motives have become these little... Uh, these little money ninjas. So uh, we love it. It's just a fun name. Money ninja that's uh, helping me save. That does sound like a, a fun concept that has some appeal to it without without question. Um, but then talk to me about the challenges of building a challenger bank. Right? That's not easy. Uh, you've set yourself a pretty audacious task there of, of getting um, through regulation, uh, all these things that big banks can kind of take for granted. Um, but you've got some advantages, some disadvantages. What do you think of your challenges and how are you going to go about kind of getting past those? Yeah, look, I mean, the, the, it is a very difficult thing being the first through the gates, especially in a, a market, a financial services market like Australia. The big four have an enormous amount of power here, both in terms of you know, setting legislative direction, in terms of uh, just sheer weight of money they can throw at us in terms of advertising or, or campaigning, um, and also being the first to push these new boundaries of, of regulation. You know, we, we set out with the objective to be absolutely clean to be squeaky clean and do everything perfect and and the regulators bless them are working in partnership with us to do that but these laws are moving they're changing as we go through it so it's very hard to to find the right the right pathway through so that's definitely a challenge for us um and of course the other challenge is is capital so within australia there hasn't been a new bank yet alone a, a startup independent bank there hasn't been a new bank since uh macquarie bank back in the 1980s so it's 20 20 odd years since there's been a new bank of any any type here. So, you know, going to an investor and I spent the first year trying to start Zinja with people basically laughing me out of very fancy offices saying, oh, no one starts a bank. No one starts a bank in Australia. Um, that has improved now. Obviously, the, the neobank movement around the world has, has given us some reference points. So, you know, navigating through new regulation, navigating through 
and trying to educate people that there is another way to do banking. The world of, you know, big four institutions in Australia and around the world is done. You know, it's time to move on. It's time to let the smaller entrepreneurs come in and do what customers need and what they want. <laughs> I, I think it is uh, something that now you have those reference points from other countries that you can point to. It's maybe a little bit easier, but uh, there's always that not in my backyard. You can't do it here. I know they did it there, but there's different sort of thing that you've got to overcome. Um, talk to me a little bit about your business model. Uh, how are you going to make money? Obviously, um, I'm assuming that you're um, not just uh, partnering with a, a larger bank, but you're actually going for your own banking license in what you've said there. So, that, so there's that side of it and there's there's definitely costs there and getting funded there's uh, what does that look like so uh yep just to be clear i want to sort of stress that point because it's really important for us we have no bank money at all so we're not partnering with a bank we're not taking money from uh we're not taking money from from banks we are utterly independent which is really important to us and our brand um so you know in terms of uh, of trying to take that forward and, and and using it for good, you know, we we don't want to take bank money. What that does mean, of course, however, is that we're absolutely dependent on our, on our investors and our and our high net wealth individuals who've started us off and funding us and then getting further. Um, so, in terms of our business model, in some ways, we're actually the more things change, the more they stay the same. So, you know, banking makes money by lending money out that it's got in at a, at a cheaper rate. And the, dif- the difference between money in and money out is, uh, is the profit margin. And that's, that's how banks make money. That said, we are a new world. And there are obviously very successful platform plays such as Monzo is a, a perfect example. Um, and I guess in terms of our, our model, you should probably think of us sort of as a, if we're thinking about the UK, we should probably think of us as a, as a, as a hybrid between Atom and Monzo. So, you know, we want to try and replicate the incredible customer service, the great platform, the really high utility of the product that Monzo does and that massive expansion of customers. Um, but I'm a banker by trade and I, and I love to make money. I can't run a business that doesn't make money. So there will be lending uh, mostly focused around mortgages. Um, the mortgage business in Australia is pretty unique. It's very high margin and it's enormous. Um, to give you a feel for it, uh, margins in uh, the US are about 1.1%, the UK about 1.2%. Australia's about 2.2%. So, you know, there's lots of room for us to get in there and really shake that up and deliver some really good value whilst making some revenue for Zinja as well. And, you know, we, we get the same message over and over again from customers. They don't mind Zinja making money and making a profit. In fact, they'd like to see that, but you've got to add value to do that. You've got to be giving them something, not just screwing them because they've got nowhere else to go. The Financial Times guides you through complex issues. In divisive times, don't settle for black and white. When you need the full perspective, turn to FT.com. Become a subscriber today. Search for FT subscription. Fintech innovation is changing the way we bank. And the speed we deploy new customer experiences is vital. Onboarding the right fintech partners can take months. Do you have time to lose? Introducing the Innovation Acceleration Platform from Temenos. Test fintech solutions at speed with real data straight from the core banking system. With a yearly subscription, you can begin testing the same day and create new customer experiences in no time. For more details, visit marketplace.temenos.com.
So what does the future look like for that customer? You are looking potentially at a certain generation of people buying their first house, or are you looking at people remortgaging? And and how are you thinking about acquiring that? Is um, uh, What is the pitch to these people? Why you and why not some brand they've heard of for, for their whole lives and that they know, you know, might not be uh, the most amazing organization in the world, but they're not going to go away anytime soon. You guys have that potential to, to potentially disappear. So why should they trust you? Yeah, look, it's a great question. I think there's there's two different answers depending on the product. So if you're talking about um, deposits, you know, we're, we're, when we get our, our banking license, we'll be backed by the government. So there's a $250,000 government guarantee. Why would you use this? Because it's cheaper, it's faster, you get a much better customer service, and you can do everything on your phone. Um, I think there's a, a statistic that says three out of five dollars earned over the next 10 years will be earned by a millennial. And I think it's 80% of millennials would rather... Uh, would rather go to the dentist in Australia than actually visit their bank branch. So, you know, there's a real urge for, uh, for you know, parts of the population to, to take this up. It's clearly because you've got really great dentists. I mean, if they're selling you names, your dentist must be incredible. <laughs> that must be it. That must be it. Um, and the other thing is the, uh, you know, what about the, you know, the mortgage? Would you trust someone with a mortgage? And I think, the thing to remember, and, and it, maybe it's just the Aussie psyche, but uh, if I bor- if you're borrowing money off of me and I go bankrupt, you've already got the money. So you know you've got a loan that's an asset on someone's book. You know that's so that's I think, and we've seen it here that customers are so desperate to try and do their banking with someone other than the big four. Um, we've seen a, not a lot of non-bank lenders pop up in the mortgage space here. So the Australian psyche is already reasonably comfortable with borrowing money for a house from someone other than a bank. Cool. So um, you have gone the uh, equity crowdfunding route a little bit. You've got a partnership with Equitize as well. Is that a part of your vision to really make customers a part of your story? Absolutely. And, and I love this. And I know this is a little bit embarrassing, but Australia is literally just in the process of passing crowdfunding laws to allow you to crowdfund. Um, and I know we're a little bit behind the rest of the world in that, but Literally in the next sort of week or so, we're expecting the first licenses to be issued, one of them to equitize, we hope. Um, but what I really love about this, and it's really exciting for me, is that the people who are actually our customers can get to own a piece of us. And, and yeah, I get that. You can go and buy bank shares, but you know, but so what? You actually get a chance to, to be a part of the digital revolution and the digital upswing here. And I love the fact that you know people bail me up now and they say, Eric, we, you know, we're investing in Zinger. You know, don't screw it up. And it's really important that you know that we get a new bank. And that's really exciting for us that you know our customers. We're trying to build a bank for our customers. They're in there helping us build it. And if they can own it as well, that's just fabulous. They get we, we get to do all of it with them. Well, that's what we need is is to kind of empower people to feel like they own it own it a little bit. I guess gives you something different, something uh, unique. Um, and so, what are your launch plans looking like? Uh, when can somebody use the product? Um, and what would that experience look like? Well, you know, how are you thinking about what their day to day life using your service is going to be like? Mm. So we're so we're following a pretty well trodden neobank path to market. Um, so the first product out of the gates is the prepaid debit card. Um, and we've set that up to be a, a discretionary spend uh, type of product. So to help people manage their, month, their monthly spend or their weekly spend, make sure they've got some money left over, provide them with data that's actually useful. It's not just a crappy old sort of balance sheet stuck through your phone. Um, so that's the first product. Um, we starting to launch some friends and family in the next four to five weeks. We'll then send it out to probably 40 or 50 of our 
wonderful uh, Zingers who've pre-registered. Um, and then come sort of January, February, we'll start to roll that out in, in larger numbers. We amazingly have thousands of people waiting on the waiting list already, which blows my mind. We kind of hope we might have a couple of uh, dozen people we could experiment on and, and suddenly we've got thousands and thousands, which is wonderful. Um, so they'll see that in February. About the same time, we should launch um, the alpha of the of the, uh, the mortgage product. So um, again, if we can find a few guinea pigs to help us out, we'll uh, we'll start uh, offering uh, offering that mortgage product. Now, you know that's that's going to be alpha, you know, bordering beta for the first you know two or three months. And you know, we're, we're really working with these. As I said before, we're working with these, uh, you know, our pre-registered zingers. And we're going to say to them, look, it's beta. It may it may break down. It may not be perfect. Um, but we really want to work with you and, and, and figure that out. By the time we get to sort of June, we're expecting to have um, a whole bunch of technology coming in over that period of time to, to support that. So the back-end banking platform uh, gets built uh, or, or purchased and, and, and customized. Um, we start getting digital mortgage applications. So by the time we get to sort of the middle, middle sort of three quarters of the way through next year, so uh, your autumn, our, our spring, um, we're starting to get to a point where you know our customers are able to have a completely digital experience where we're aiming for them to be able to get a completely approved mortgage in about 27 minutes, which is, it's usually about six weeks here. So we're hoping to be able to pull that down to 27 minutes or so. And you should be able to sign up and get a, a Zinger prepaid card. And if we get licensed in time, uh, a, a debit card for your current account. And we're looking to be able to do that in 90 seconds, 120 seconds, that kind of time frame. So you know, it's, it really should be a, uh, it'll start off slow and, and build um, to make sure we build it strong and safely. You can't make mistakes as a bank. Um, but we're hoping by the time we get to sort of this time next year, we should have a, you know, a really slick end-to-end digital experience that, uh, you know, that our customers really like using. It's for them. And, and it's just kind of fun. It, you know, it has, it, it, we're trying to help people make right, the right decisions financially to save money, to be in a better place, but to do it and have some fun doing it, not just to be that boring, bloody thing you've got to think about once a month. You can bring some humanity to banking. Indeed. Uh, so um, there's a couple of questions we ask all of our interviews. For the benefit of listeners who are moving into the space or just starting out their careers, um, first question I want to ask you is, uh, you've been a banker for a while, you're now building a startup. How do you maintain productivity without getting overwhelmed? First thing I think I, uh, that helped me re- was that I realized, you know, you don't have to be the alpha. You don't have to be the brightest kid in the block. You don't have to live up to anybody else's standards. You just have to be comfortable that you're doing the best you can every day. And sometimes you're going to walk away and go, Jesus, I screwed that up royally. And you just go back and you try and get it right the next time. Um, you don't have to be the brightest tool in the shed. I sure as hell ain't. Um, but you've got to be able to pick yourself up every morning and just try and do the right thing. And the second thing to be to be being resilient and to be productive and not not blow yourself up is you got to be a hundred percent honest and open and transparent. You just you can't build a business, any business, I don't believe, but especially a bank, if you if you try and deceive or you try and lie or manipulate. You just got to be straight open, completely transparent. Takes all the stress and pressure off. And and oddly enough, I found when you're honest and open with people, they respond much better. That's, that seems like the uh, bringing humanity side to it is, is something that's really, really key. Um, i got to ask, as a CEO, how are you motivating your team? Paying them lots and lots of options. No, there, there, there are other things than that. Um, 
Look, I think for us, it, it really is, uh, you know, we sort of have this, this expression where we're, we're for profit, but we're also for purpose. You know, there, is, there isn't really a single person in my, in my team who doesn't genuinely believe that we're trying to revolutionize financial services in this country. Um, you know, I've got people who have been bankers their whole career, and they're a little bit ashamed of where, where our industry has gone in the last 15, 20 years, and we want to fix it. We want to do the right thing. And I've got people who, you know, have come from not-for-profits, who've come from the hotel industry, um, and they really want to fix it. They're just sick of our banks not behaving as they should, and, and we want to get in there and change something. I mean, I know it sounds terribly corny, but it's not about the money. It's about doing something that matters. Keep doing those things that matter. Um, what's the best career advice you've ever been given or received? Um, that's a really good question. I think... Um, it was probably a, so a, a good friend of mine who uh, is, uh, is still a bit of a mentor to me. And he, and he said to me, um, he said, the thing to remember, Eric, is that people are fundamentally fragile human beings. And when we, are, when we are strong, we have a duty to look after those who are fragile. And when we're fragile, we hope that someone will, will look after us when we're strong, when we're strong. And I think that has echoed through everything that I've tried to do is that everybody's got a story. You know, when you want to, you know, bite the head off, you want to be a dick, sometimes you just got to breathe and understand that everybody's seeing things from their perspective. So you drive outcomes, but you do it in a way that is human and kind and makes them want to step back up. That doesn't mean you tolerate bad performance. Of course you don't. You can't run a business if you do that. But just remembering that everybody is fragile underneath and there's really, you know, there's nothing to be gained by being the big man or the big woman and trying to, uh, to stomp your way through life. Here, um, and lastly, but by no means least, where can people find out more about you and/or Zinja? Well, uh, please come on over to our website, so uh, zinja.com.au, so x-i-n-j-a.com.au, uh, or you can just ping me on LinkedIn. I'm I'm, I'm on there all the time, so uh, always willing to say hello. Or, of course, Twitter, Eric at, uh, at Zinja. So very happy to to chat to anyone and everybody. Love the sound of my own voice. <laughs> Eric, thank you so much for being on Fintech Insider Interviews. Really appreciate your time. Not at all. I really love talking to you. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to our podcast, review us on iTunes. We love reading those reviews and they help us out so much. And befriend us on Facebook or Twitter. That's all for now. <laughs>